0: Hey, folks, it's Charles Max and I'm back with another bonus episode. Um, just as a quick update, really quickly, we are still looking for hosts on devchat.tv shows. So if you want to be a host, go to devchat.tv slash host hosts i'll make sure that they both forward to the same place so you can just uh, make that work but yeah we are looking for those kinds of opportunities uh to, to help people forward their or move forward their careers through podcasts um also i am still working on the dev heroes accelerator i have a bunch of people in there they really are enjoying this they're getting ready to start their own podcasts it's it's really looking like a positive thing and um I just wanted to talk about one of the challenges that I see people come to me with often, and that is is that they want to know how to stay current. When I went freelance, I was still only a few years into my development career. My first contract, I was paid 60 bucks an hour. Due to feedback from my friends, I raised it to 120 bucks an hour on the next contract. And due to the podcasts I was involved in and the screencasts I had made in the past, I started getting calls from people I'd never even heard of who wanted me to do development work for them Because I had done that kind of work or talked about or demonstrated that kind of work in the videos and podcasts that I was making. Within a year, I was able to more than double my freelancing rates and I had more work than I could handle. If you're thinking about freelancing or have a profitable but not busy or fulfilling freelance practice, let me show you how to do it in my Dev Heroes Accelerator. Dev Heroes aren't just people who devs admire. They're also people who deliver for clients who know, like, and trust them. Let me help you double your income and fill your slowdowns. You can learn more at devheroesaccelerator.com. When they do that, what a lot of times they're really asking is, I want to learn as a senior the way I learned as a junior, right? In other words, I remember back when I was a brand new programmer, um, there was all this exciting stuff going on in the Ruby community um, there were new technologies for me to pick up. There were new ideas for me to pursue. There were new, there were new places for me to go. And I mean, it was thrilling, right? And I'd go and I'd I'd pick up a problem, right? I'd go work on some sample app, right? I'd do something at work, right? And I'd get the thing to work. And it was just like this victorious feeling, right? It was glorious. I loved it. I loved it, right? And then I'd go read some book on something about JavaScript, Right? and I'd, I'd pick up some new technique. And it was amazing, right? This is the new coolest thing that I used on everything, even though I didn't have to, right? And I'd go to a conference, and somebody would speak about this, this new library, and oh, wow, right? And I just had this sense of wonder and just love of learning and and all of this stuff, right? And then as time went on, you know, and I'd get, I'd get accolades for that, right? You know, I'd i do a podcast, or I'd, I'd have a video that I put out, or i just talk to people about what I was learning. And the people who are a little ahead of me in their careers, you know, they'd be like, you're, you're on the right track, you're doing the right thing, you're going the right place, right? And I felt like I lost that after a while, right? So, you know, within my career, you know, the first couple of years, I moved from job to job, I think that's pretty common. Uh, not everybody does that. But, you know, realistically, you know, that that's a place where people go to, right? So, You know, you start out and you're you're working in this job. I was working for a consulting firm. Don't ask me what happened. It was they they needed a Rails person, and I was the person that applied. Is I think how that went, and I demonstrated that I was willing to do the work to learn, and so they hired me. But anyway, so my first job, I was working with this guy named Nate, and if you've listened to Ruby Rogues for a while, you've met Nate. Um, you know, and so I would work on stuff, and he would work on stuff, and. Sometimes we'd work on stuff together. We, you know, we do some pair programming and things like that. And I, I had this opportunity to just learn from him. And you know, as we built new things in, as I found new ways of doing things, as I discovered, oh look, this thing in Rails actually comes out of this thing in Ruby. And as I grew into that, I mean, it was just, it was super exciting, right? And then after that contract ended, you know, I was working with Nate and another guy named Bob. But after that ended. Um, I went on to another job, right? And, uh, you know, still the same company, but it was a different contract. And I was kind of working on my own uh, with direction from another guy named Sam, right? And so Sam was encouraging me. And every time I deliver a new feature, everybody in the company that I was working with was excited and they were happy to see me and, you know, all this stuff, right? And so again, it was just this exciting time and I was doing it on my own. And so I was kind of proving myself And it was it was super exciting. And then and then I moved on from there. Right. They laid me off and I went and got another job and I ran a team building a lead gen system for the company I was working for. And we did that. I did that for a year. Right. And initially I was just a dude on the team. And then they made me the team lead. Right. And I got to explore all these ideas. And so I was doing service oriented architecture, which was the wrong thing to do on that project. But I loved it because it, it gave me all these new challenges. Right. And trying to make sure, okay, now we're trying to get code quality and so we got to do testing and we got to do this and we got to do that and we got to put these tools in place and set it up in in CI and right and so it was exciting and there was all this movement right and then I got sick of my boss so I left and uh, you know I, I talked to my buddy David Brady and I was like where are you working and, and you know so I went and applied up there you know, and we're working on this cool stuff again, you know, and so I get to solve these geocoding problems, and I get to solve these uh, classification issues, and, you know, we're moving a system out of PHP and into Ruby on Rails, and some of that challenge was interesting, right, you know, and we're moving data from one database to another database, and, I mean, just just super, super fun, right, and then, then the fun doesn't stop, right, so I'm three or four years into my career, and I'm kind of the point where I'm kind of a senior, but, you know, I go out on my own and I'm freelancing, right? And so I'm picking up uh, new projects and I get to try new things all the time. And it was fun and it was interesting. And then after a while, I started getting contracts where I knew what to do, right? I knew what to do. I was, I'm a senior developer, right? I've got all this experience. And so I get a new contract and Chuck knows what to do, right? Chuck follows his process. And the, the problem was, was that it was kind of boring, right? I was doing the same thing that I already knew how to do. There wasn't any of this discovery. There wasn't any of this, hey, that's pretty good for a guy with your level at your level, you know. Hey, you're you're learning all this new stuff. Hey, there's this innovation going on in this space, right? I think sometimes that's why people move from one technology to another, is not because the technology they're working isn't necessarily bad or boring or whatever. What happens is, is there's not as much innovation in there. And so they go, okay, well. I'm going to go over there because it looks like they're growing in the way that I like to be in the middle of, right? But even then, a lot of times it's like, okay, well, this is changing the same way the last one changed and the one before it. And so after a while, you, you kind of settle in, right? And so now you've got this job that you've been sitting in for two years and you're, you know, your boss is asking you to do stuff that you've done a bazillion times, right? You understand the the patterns and the the programming practices for whatever you're doing, right? You get it tested, so there aren't really like these wacky bugs that you're trying to solve. And so at the end of the day, you, it gets kind of boring, right? It's like, okay, what do I do now? You know, now I'm this senior developer. Um, what what do I do, right? And and I had started to settle in as a freelancer um, pretty quickly after going freelance, right? Because I was taking contracts. And I was, my goal was to deliver as fast as I could. So every once in a while, I'd have this cool new feature to implement that I had to figure out how to do, right? And so I'd get it done and it'd be like, wow, that was awesome, right? So I'm working on a Twitter clone, for example, for one of my clients. And uh, the Twitter clone, though, was for triathletes, right? And so what they wanted is they wanted somebody to be able to click one of the icons, like um, I was on a stationary bike or actually went for a bike ride or I went for a run or I went for a hike. I went for a swim or I went for an open water swim. Right. So they had these icons and then you could shorthand, you, you know, um, so icon three, you know, 3K, you know, or 5K, you know, icon for biking, you know, 10 miles. Right. Stuff like that. And then they were going to build in some coaching features and stuff like that. Right. But that was fun because I'd never done anything like that before. Right. And so figuring out how to put it in and then how to make it count for the character count. You know, and so some of that was fun, but then the rest of it, you know, it's like, okay, well, this is just regular CRUD operations, right? Go read all the tweets or wires, I think is what they call them in the app, right? Go read in all the wires, right? Display the wires, okay, great, you know? Display the avatar, okay, good, you know? It, it, was, it was really basic stuff, you know? And so I started to get bored, right? I was working on a project that hadn't been well put together and hadn't been tested at all, right? And so sometimes the problems were fun, And sometimes the problems were super frustrating, right? And so, you know, being a developer started to be less fun. It was less interesting. I wasn't working on these like cutting edge projects with cutting edge people, right? It was just me. Um, Another one, I was working on Spree, which is an e-commerce platform in Ruby on Rails, right? Um, I think people prefer Solidus now, but either way, right, I'm working on this platform and some of the stuff is a little tricky to figure out and then you figure out and it's like oh that's all it was right and so again you know that that journey that discovery that excitement was just kind of it was going away right and you know even podcasting for me at the same time right i was podcasting and i was doing teach me to code podcast i was talking to everybody right initially i was talking to ruby people after a while, I was just kind of talking to everybody. So I talked to people who were working on like women in tech. I talked to people from the, the, the Apache Foundation. I talked to people from, I mean, all over the place, right? And I still got the Ruby folks in, you know, because I was interested in that. But it was, you know, I was just kind of bored with that too and started to fade. At the same time, the other thing that happened was that uh, the screencasts were kind of an issue too. And so, you know, I I started to slow down on that and eventually quit doing it. Sorry, dog. Anyway, so I kind of got to that point, right? And I was just like, I don't even know what the deal is. You know, I lost a lot of my passion for what I was doing. And out of the blue comes this tweet from James Edward Gray. And I've talked about this on on how Ruby Rogue started. And I'm going to kind of come at it from a different angle this time, right? So if you've heard this story a bunch of times, then, you know, Maybe you're going to hear it a little differently now. But, you know, so he puts up, hey, let's do this podcast. And I was like, that sounds like fun, right? I get to go talk to these people who are passionate about Ruby and Ruby on Rails. And I get to, you know, kind of have these conversations. And so, you know, we started, right? The first episode we did, a, te- you know, on testing, right? Testing Ruby on Rails, right? The next one, I think we talked to—I'm blanking on names—but we talked to somebody about Rubinius. Um, I think it was Evan Phoenix. Anyway, uh, you know, we talked about Rubinius, and then we talked about this, and we talked about that, right? But every time it was this new, fresh look at something that I had either wanted to try out or was interested in, and I was having these conversations with people that really just lit me up, right? And at the same time, I was talking to the people who were passionate enough to spend all freaking day working on this stuff, right? And so uh, it, it totally turned this around for me. And at the same time, it would give me enough of a push in my knowledge for me to go and explore stuff again, right? And so all of a sudden I'm exploring new things because I have to talk about it on the podcast or because I didn't prep for the podcast and then I showed up and it turned out to be this fascinating thing. And I, so I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna go dive into this, right? And so I started leveling up again and learning again and growing again and having these opportunities, right? And then we started JavaScript Jabber and it was the same thing. And, you know, and then freelancer show and I was solving business problems and, and, and it just, it turned all of this around for me. The other thing is, is that even if you're a senior developer there are people that are ahead of you still, right? There are people that are further down that line that can help open up a lot of these doors for you so that you can go, oh, okay, that's the thing I should learn next. Um, I was talking to somebody earlier today and he mentioned that, uh, it was on the Elixir Mix podcast, it was Eric, who's one of our new panelists over there. Um, But he mentioned that, yeah, you know, people kind of put out this roadmap for junior developers, right? And then depending on where you're at and what you're doing, you can kind of find pieces of one for mid-level to senior developer, right? But once you're a senior developer, nobody's putting that roadmap out there anymore, right? And so that's the other thing, right? Is that you don't feel like you're leveling up on the right stuff in order to get you to where you want. And that, that was the problem that, that I ran into. It's a problem that I see a whole bunch of other people run into. And so then what they wind up doing is they wind up looking around and going, now what? right? And so then they come to me and they say, well, how do I stay current? And what they're really looking for is they're looking for that roadmap, right? That w- where's the roadmap for senior Ruby developer or senior Elixir developer? Where's the roadmap for the senior iOS developer? Where's the sen- Where's the roadmap for the senior React developer, Angular developer, Vue developer, right? What, what should I be working on now so that I can level this stuff up, right? And you kind of get these trite you know, we'll go read the source, or go do this, go do that. But the problem is, is that when you work through the 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 roadmaps, when you're a junior developer, there's usually some outcome at the end, right? You you kind of know when you've arrived. And go read the source. There's no endpoint for that, right? It's just go read the source. Well, that's great. That you know, I'll go read the source. I'll probably learn stuff but is it good stuff? Is it the right stuff? You know, am I understanding what I need to understand out of this? You know, is it going to get me where I really want to go? And so that's the other thing that I kind of pulled out of the podcasts is that I could go out and I could see what other people were learning. I could see what other people are are paying attention to and then I could pick and choose the things that I thought would get me where I wanted to go and I could talk about those on a podcast. And when I wanted to talk to the expert, not the senior developer that, you know, the, the super senior guy who knows React Hooks back forward, you know, he 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 recites code in his sleep kind of guy. No, I'm talking about the guy that wrote freaking React Hooks, right? Or wrote the book on it, or made made the video that made it understandable, right? And so I'm not talking to a person who gets it. I'm talking to the person who gets it, right? And so I have this opportunity now to go out and essentially find people who can give me the pieces of the roadmap I need for the things that I still don't understand, right? And I'm kind of doing this right now with the machine learning podcast, which is kind of funny because I was going to spin it up. I was going to find a bunch of hosts for it, and then I was going to let them run the show. And, you know, some things kind of went down, and I had a few of them kind of fall off the wagon. And so I wound up running the show on my own. And so now I'm creating my own roadmap for this. And I'm talking to people at the top of the field about this kind of thing. So just to give you an example, I think two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I talked to Chris Mattman, who's actually a director. As, I mean, he's an author for Manning. And that's how I, I got him on the show is because, you know, Manning's trying to promote the book. I wanted to talk about the stuff that's in the book, right? And so, you know, Match Made in Heaven, That that just worked out, right? But he's a director for the uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory for NASA, right? And at the end of the show, we're geeking out, talking about Mars rovers and stuff, right? Because uh, the Mars rover drop was pretty imminent, right, at the time. And so, you know, but we we had that conversation, right? And then I talked to Miguel Morales about um, reinforcement learning, right? And it's like, oh, this is really cool, right? And so this last week, talked to Edward Raff. About uh, convolutional neural networks, and you know, and talked about some of the techniques and some of the things and how to set it up, and you know, in his book he kind of walks you through setting it up in PyTorch, and you know, and so I'm I'm getting all these pieces, and I'm getting put in a position where I get to continue my learning journey by being a part of the conversation here, right? You know, uh, I kind of been missing out on some JavaScript jabber stuff because COVID and carpool didn't mix. And so I had to be picking up my kids during the recording of JavaScript Jabber. And it's so nice to be back now, right? You know, we had somebody on and he's talking to us about micro front ends, right? It's like, Oh, wow. You know, this is cool. And it kind of reminds me a little bit about microservices and service oriented architectures and some of the things that I've done in the past, but it's like, how does this apply to the front end? Right? How does this apply in these circumstances? And you know, and so it's keeping me curious and it's giving me this learning journey that I can go and dive into, right? Webpack's another one, you know, where actually what I wound up doing was um, I, I started a new web app, pulled some things together. And at the end of the day, guess what? I started building an application. And one of the first things I did is I pulled all the JavaScript assets from the layout that I purchased and I put them into the, the the system into Webpack, right? And then I had to figure out, okay, well this layout actually expects to be able to find jQuery, right? So how do I tell Webpack to expose jQuery to me instead of just keeping it internal to the pack that it builds, right? And, you know, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And how do I find this other stuff? And anyway, it was just really, really fascinating to dive into, right? And so, you know, I, I kind of learned a bit about that on. Ruby Rogues and on JavaScript Jammer, right? And so I guess what I'm, I'm kind of pushing you to is that it's one thing to listen to the podcast, right? And and I'm not advocating that you, you stop listening to the podcast because I, I pick up stuff from podcasts that I listen to all the time too, and I go check them out. But it's a completely different thing when you have that opportunity open to you, when you go to somebody who understands the thing that you need to understand, and you bring them on the podcast, and you dive in and you go, all right, let's talk about webpack, right? Or all right, let's talk about micro front ends. All right, let's talk about the internals of this tool, right? Let's talk about Docker. Let's talk about, you know, Elixir. Let's talk about pattern matching, you know, whatever it is, it's this opportunity to go and continue your learning journey and, and kind of build that up. But the other thing is, is at the same time that you're doing this learning journey, you're actually sharing it with everybody else. And so everybody else benefits from it too. And so you're helping the community. You're furthering your learning journey. You can actually have people start coming to you so you can help them more directly. And then that's what I'm doing with the Dev Heroes Accelerator. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's the kind of opportunity that, that you need to open up as a senior developer, right? Have you ever wondered if you could be offering a faster, less buggy experience for your customers? I mean, let's face it. The only way you're going to know that is by actually running it on production. So go figure it out, right? You run it on production, but you need something plugged in so that you can find out where those issues are, where it's slowing down, where it's having bugs. You just, you need something like that there. And Rain Gun is awesome at this. They, they just added the performance monitoring, which is really slick and it works like a breeze. I, I just, I love it. I love it. It's like, it's like you get the ray gun and you zap the bugs. It's anyway, definitely go check it out. It's going to save you a ton of time, a ton of money, a ton of sanity. I mean, let, let's face it, grepping through logs is no fun. And having people not able to tell you that it's too slow because they got sidetracked into Twitter is also not fun. So go check out Raygun. They are definitely going to help you out. There are thousands of customer centric, customer focused software companies who use Raygun every day to deliver great experiences for their customers. And if you go to Raygun and use our link, you can get a 14 day free trial. So you can go check that out at Adventures in DevOps Podcast.com slash Raygun. Now, there are other tracks, right? There are other Places you can go as a senior developer is kind of a next step, right? So uh we have at, at the place I'm working now, we have like an infrastructure slash architect engineer, right? And so he comes in and he fiddles with our Docker setup and he, he fiddles with our design, you know, our, our, our overall design. I do a lot of that work, but, you know, he does a, a bit of it too, right? um You know, he, and you can go the architecture route too, right? Where it's, okay, well... Um, we need to follow these patterns to solve these problems, right? And then you go and you dive into the different um, options that you have so that you're making the right decision the next time you get in and and build an app, or the next time you get in and build a feature, or the next time that, you know, you, you kind of get the idea, right? So you're doing architecture stuff, or you go to the management track. But the problem is, is that with each of those tracks, you move a little further from the code that you're writing, right? Um, the architects, they're typically doing high-level design. They're not actually writing the code. They don't get in and build features and build stuff and and do that kind of thing, right? They're usually directing and orchestrating at a higher level and they'll go out and they'll fiddle with stuff, but they don't actually get to write code that executes as as an application, right? And so it's, yeah, it's not a track that, everybody is attracted to. Same thing with infrastructure, right? All of a sudden you're talking about, you know, what it deploys on and what it runs on instead of what it's running, right? And so you move away from the code again. Now, some there's some infrastructure as code, there you know, there are tools, there are ways to learn, but at the end of the day, that may not be the track for you either. And management is people. Right. You're you're dealing with people things, right? And they put you in charge of technologists because you're a technologist and you understand them, or at least that's the assumption, right? And so you understand the work, you understand the workflow, you understand how that all goes together. And so they're hoping that you will do a good enough job helping everybody else along with this stuff so that the work gets done. Right. Or you can go into project management or things like that, right? Where you're getting, you know, into just a bunch of other things. But if you want to stay close to the code, you've got to find another way right and even then you know you go out and you speak at conferences and things like that that's still not necessarily writing the code but it's a community focus and it gives you the opportunities to figure out what you want to build and and who you want to build for and what you want to talk about and how you want to interact with people and for me that was the hack right was involving other people in my code and i do that through the podcasts and so that's that's what i want to talk about is how do you get that hunger? How do you get that, that drive and that payoff that you were getting as a junior developer? And for me, I do it through the podcasts, right? And then I do it through experimenting on the side, right? But when I experiment on the side anymore, I'm actually building apps that at the end of the day, uh, I want people to use, right? And so I'm building podcasting tools and I'm building um, social media tools and things like that and things that I can use to get the work done for the podcast, right? And so it means something to me. But at the same time, I go out and I explore and I have these adventures with people where they're telling me about their journeys and the amazing stuff that they're doing so that at the end of the day, I have something to aspire to and look to and work for and grow toward, right? And and so that's, that's where I'm talking about this kind of vehicle for learning as a podcast, as something that you can do. And this is actually what I'm walking people through in the, the Dev Heroes Accelerator. So the Dev Heroes Accelerator, what we're doing is we sit down and it starts out with a, a strategic call, right? So I get on a call and I'm like, all right, where are you at, right? What Where are you at? What do you like? What do you don't, right? What's wrong with your situation? What's right with your situation? And where do you wanna end up, right? And so as we talk through this, we start getting an idea, okay, I want to achieve this and I want to achieve this and I want to achieve this, right? I want to get paid more. I want to. I want to go freelance, you know, because I've got these life events that I'm planning for, or I just want to be in location independent, or I've kind of hit the top of the ladder where I'm at, and so I, I want to move up in some way, but I can't do it where I'm at, right? Or I want to speak at conferences, or I want to be well recognized in in my field, you know. I want to revolutionize some technology. I want to write some open source. You know, but it's open source that people are actually using and talking about, right? So how do I do that? And then, you know, as as I get to understand you, if I think that I can help you get there with the podcast, then we get you into the accelerator, right? And that's when I walk you through the whole process. And trust me, it's a process where we start figuring out, okay, who are you, who are you trying to reach, right? What are you trying to solve for them? What are you trying to do for them? You know what kinds of outcomes are you looking for, right? Because if you're if you want to be the speaker, right, then you want the audiences to know who you are, and you want the people in the space to know who you are. But you can all, you also want to use your podcasting tool uh, or your podcast as a tool to get to know people who run the conferences and who select the speakers for the conference, right? Um, if you're looking to go freelance, right, then your audience are your customers, right? I wanna serve people in this space and I want to build apps that do these kinds of things for them, right? So if it's like internal dashboards or internal productivity tools or you know things that um, arrange build reports or whatever, right? Then, then you're gonna to talk to the people who make the decisions to hire somebody to come in and build systems and do those things, right? I kind of settled into a place where I was building social networks. I must have built two or three Facebook clones. I must have built like five or six Twitter clones, right? Um, I built another network that I don't know if I could classify as any of those. The thing it probably looked the most like was LinkedIn, but it was centered around like task management and stuff like that, right? Um, I wound up solving those kinds of problems for people over and over and over again. And the reason was, is because I was good at it. And companies recognized that if they could organize their customers around this thing or that thing or the other thing, right, and then get them together and get them to talk to each other and reinforce their decision to buy from them, then they could offer that as a service and make their customers happier and increase their retention, right? And so, you know, I never did actually create that podcast. But if I were doing it now, that's what I'd be doing is I do a podcast about how to uh, build and maintain a community for your company, right? And then we'd start talking about the different forms that that takes. and I'd probably wind up doing some different forms of customizing discourse or something like that or building a custom network depending on what you were looking for, right? And so that's that's the kind of thing that we're looking at with freelancing. But if you just want to move up, right, you demonstrate your technical skills and then you use that essentially as your resume go get hired. And I have a number of friends who have done that with blogs and with podcasts. Um, I don't know anyone who's done that recently with a blog, but with a podcast, it, it's pretty easy because they can go listen to you for an hour and then they come away going, well, he definitely knows what he's talking about, right? Um, the reason that I recommend a podcast, to be perfectly honest, is that uh, at the end of the day, that blogs are everywhere, right? There are a bazillion blogs out there. People are writing on them all the time. There are probably a few that rise to the top, but they typically have multiple authors, right? And so if you're trying to do this on your own and you've got to compete with them, that's a little tricky. And so if you want to build your reputation by writing stuff, write an article every week or every month for one of these bigger blogs, right? Um, and then just make sure that there's some way that people who read your blog posts can come back to your website and join your mailing list, right? Um, so the other, the other ways that we can do this, so blogs any, blogs, you're just trying to rise through the noise on Google is essentially how you do that. And, and that's hard, right? Or you can go and you can try and, um, basically make it to the top of hacker news or something like that, which there's some flukiness involved in that, right? Um, unless you're, it's like groundbreaking or gets people riled up emotionally, it's not going to do the job, Right. So so blogs are kind of tough, right? Podcasts are a little different, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but the other one that people typically try and go to is YouTube. The problem is is you're still at the mercy of of Google, right? In other words, people have to search for your thing and then find it and then watch it. And they have to keep going back to YouTube in order to get the content, right? In other words, it's it's not just something that they wander around and can consume on the go. The other thing is is that if you don't do your SEO correctly, just like with a blog, then you'll get lost in the noise on YouTube. And so that's the trick there, that's the, the the tricky part. Now, people do build followings on YouTube, okay? That is a thing, it does happen, it does work. I've seen people build businesses on it, but it's hard, okay? And, and the reason is, is because you essentially have to get people to subscribe to your channel And then you've got to still, you still got to keep them coming back, right? And then you've got to parlay that into some other thing that actually gets them to take whatever action you want them to take so that, you know, you get recognized. So the thing that's left is podcasts. And the podcast, the nice thing is, is you're not competing blog post by blog post or YouTube video by YouTube video in the search results. You show up in the search results for your episodes. That is true. But you typically are in a handful of directories that people are using, right? And the big ones are Apple, Spotify, and uh Podcast Index is kind of becoming a thing, right? Because they're they're independent and you know, kind of anyway, they've got some other stuff going for them. But anyway, so but those are the big ones, right? So you get listed in there, and then people do a search and they will find your show, right? Not Not your episodes, they will find your episodes, but they will find your show, right? And so let's say that somebody goes out and does a search for uh, convolutional neural networks, right? I've just, I've got the thing on my screen, that's why I'm thinking about that, right? And so they go do that search, it's in the show notes, so it shows up in Spotify, and my podcast episode comes up, right? Great, awesome. But most people are gonna be in Spotify, they know there are podcasts in there and they're gonna type in machine learning, right? And so what's going to come up? Adventures in machine learning. Oh, that looks cool. I'm going to, I'm going to go subscribe to that, right? Or Apple podcast, same deal, right? I'm going to go subscribe to that. Now you're probably saying, well, Chuck, I listen to the podcast on some other app. Your app almost certainly uses the Apple directory. Okay. So if, if, if I'm listed in there, that's probably how you found me. Okay. you, You did the search. It looked it up on the Google directory or the sorry, the Apple directory, and off you go, right? And the other thing is, is there are only, what, like five, six, seven million podcasts out there, as opposed to the millions and millions and millions of blogs. Uh, I mean, I think it was, I think it's like an order of magnitude or two larger, uh, the number of blogs out there as to the number of podcasts. And the other thing is, is again, you're in a podcast directory. And so people will find you just by doing that search. Um, The other thing is, is word of mouth, right? Um, On a podcast, you can say, hey, I listened to this podcast, check it out. And somebody can easily find it just by doing a search in their podcast app. If you recommend somebody a a YouTube channel, you can also find it via the search. But again, you've got to keep them coming back to YouTube in order to consume it. Whereas the podcast is just on your phone. And that's the other big win is that people generally, not all people, but generally people are listening on their phones so they take their phone everywhere they go they can pop their headphones in or they can hook it up to their car via bluetooth or you know they can put it on a bluetooth speaker as they're working in the yard or whatever and they can listen to the podcast right it's also the reason why audiobooks are taking off the way that they are and so at the end of the day what we're really looking at is we're looking at a really terrific way to get in front of people and they can passively pick it up and listen and start to consume you and realize that you're, an, you're uh, an expert. But the other thing is, is that people generally are listening to podcasts, not just for the information, but because they want to identify with somebody, right? And when you're distracted by video, to be perfectly honest, you're judging people a lot more by what they're doing on the video. Whereas with the the audio, all you have to go on is what they're talking about. And so as you build your podcast and tell stories and craft narratives and let people know, Hey, I've been where you are, you know, let me bring you along to where I'm at. That makes a big difference. And so that's what I'm teaching people to do in the accelerator and you can go apply. I hate the word apply, but you can go, what it is is you just fill in a bunch of information. So I know whether or not I think I can help you. And then if I think I can help you, then I'll reach out. We'll do a strategic session and we'll get things rolling. Right. Um, but just go to devchat.tv slash hero and you can join the fun. You can join in and we meet every week and I've been helping these uh, gents actually get things going. And I've got some videos together, you know, hey, here's how you decide who you're targeting. Here's how you figure out what they're paying attention to. Here's how you figure out what guests you need to get on. Here's how you figure out what topics you need to cover. Here's how you get your artwork done. Here's how you set up your website. There's a whole process to this. And I've done it over and over and over and over and over over again. At this point, I've probably started about 30 podcasts. Um, We've produced at devchat.tv, I think north of 3,400 podcast episodes at this point. So I know the process, right? I know how to do this. I can get you through it. We can get it going. And then from there, it's turning it into, okay, now I want to sell courses. Now I want to be speaking at conferences. And, And just getting you hooked up so that you can do all that stuff too. It's it's I I keep wanting to say it's not terribly hard, but if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to spin your wheels a ton. And so that's the other part of this, right, is that I don't want you to go get lost for a year or two trying to figure this stuff out. Um, Let me get you rolling, you know, within a few months. And uh, let's see if we can get you where you think you want to go. Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production. And you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. So go to devchat.tv slash hero and check it out. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you what tools I'm using. I'll tell you what gear I'm using. I'll tell you how to set everything up, um, you know, and help you invest your time and money in the right place to build a podcast that's going to get you what you want. All right. Um, but the other thing is, is that it also for me, again, just lit up that learning enjoyment again and just opened things up and and made things really, really interesting. And so um, that's the thing, right, is that if I ever do get bored, I just refresh on the podcast. Right. I turn around. And I'm like, OK, well, um, the last few episodes really haven't inspired me. And so I go out of my way to go find people who will inspire me. And, and I have these opportunities to meet with them. And then the, by virtue of that, I have a huge network of developers that I know and know me that I like and trust, that like and trust me. And so anyway, I am um, gonna I could keep rambling, there are so many benefits to this, but at the end of the day, um, that's what I'm looking to do. So if you're one of those senior developers, you're feeling like you're stuck, you're feeling like you're not learning, you're bored at work, you're just not getting what you need out of your job, and you're looking for okay where do i go now i don't want to do architect i don't want to do um, management i just want to write code and i want to learn new interesting fun awesome stuff then join the accelerator and we'll we'll light up your journey and once again that's devchat.tv hero thanks bandwidth for this segment is provided by cashfly the world's fastest cdn